Can I just tell you guys that this episode today, I judged myself a little bit for it because I had a serious case of the giggles. Like, I could not stop laughing. And after I got off of the recording and hung up and, like, went into my kitchen to grab some tea, I was like, really? Really? Could you not stop laughing? (laughs) And that was yesterday. So I'm bringing you one of my favorite humans. And it's not that it's someone that I hang out with that often, but it's someone that always just feels so good to be around. His presence, the way he holds space, the stuff he shares, it's so from the heart and he's just real. So I'm excited to share Jason Goldberg with you. Jason Goldberg is the author of Prison Break, which he is so kind and generous. He shared the free link for all of you guys to go and grab it. And if you're in the States, he's actually going to send it out to you. So I mean, hello, go get it. I was cracking up listening to his book, and maybe that's what led me into then giggling uncontrollably in our session. But just feel all the good vibes and the laughter, the humor, the lightness, the expansiveness, because really that's what Jason's brand is about. His brand is about doing big things in the world, showing up in your biggest, fullest expression, but also bringing the lightheartedness to it because we're here to enjoy life. So we talk all about that stuff and you're going to get some key takeaways. I know I was thinking of one of the key takeaways today when I woke up and I want to remind you of one more thing because something really juicy is coming up and we are so excited to share it. And when I say we, this is just me, myself and I on this part. So In the Harmonious Hustle community on Facebook, this is a brand new community. We just started it right before I went to Bali. And with this community, we're doing our first free challenge. And it's five days of free coaching led by yours truly, myself. So I'm bringing this five days of holistic business coaching because I know there's so many of you out there that are like, doing the strategies, you're looking up the videos, you have the how-to, but you also want to hit your head against the wall because you just don't understand why it's not clicking, but also more importantly, why it's not feeling good. And I want it to feel good for you because I understand that feeling good is everything in life, in business, relationships, it's everything. So I'm sharing five free days and we're kicking it off on March 4th. So head on over to that community or check us out on Instagram. In my bio, you'll see the link for the five days of free business coaching. You're going to want to invite your friends. We're going to be doing some giveaways. It's going to be amazing, and it's going to shift the way you see yourself, your gifts, your services, and your business forever. Like These little nuggets of wisdom are going to just stay with you. So be sure to join in, invite your business besties, invite anyone you know that is in business online and wants to have a shift and increase in their income and impact and overall feeling good because that's what I'm all about. So guys, enjoy Jason. Let me know what you think. And as always, it means the world to me when you share the podcast, your takeaways with us on Instagram, Facebook, wherever else you like to play. I love to hear from you guys. And if you haven't connected with me directly yet, then be sure to head over to Instagram and send me a message. I love to hear from you guys. Have a beautiful day and enjoy this talk. Laugh with us. You are now listening to The Harmonious Hustle, where we redefine what it means to be a woman on fire. I'm Nicole Sylvester, best-selling author and success coach for boss babes ready to make bold moves. In this podcast, we'll discuss all things purpose, pleasure, and profits. You should know, I am obsessed with sparking unrealistic upgrades in your life and business. It's my true intention to convince you to say, hell yes, to your wildest dreams. If you and I haven't connected yet, I would love to hear from you. Let's connect on Instagram. And while you're there, be sure to check out my free Money Energetics training series. Scope my page while you're there for other freebies and support. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. All right, guys. So I am just so excited on very low sleep, but like the most energy I've had in months, which is interesting and I was so excited to bring Jason on to share him with you. I know I just shared him in my Instagram stories, even though it's going to come out about a week later. 
And Jason, I've mentioned him a few times. He, if you were at my live event, the one where we did a, what was it, the higher expression, he rapped and freestyled and I was shocked by it and I loved it. <laughs> so now I'm bringing him here with you to share about his Prison Break book and really just his good vibes. So Jason, welcome to the Harmonious Hustle, my friend. How's it going? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I love how you just said a few minutes ago or a few seconds ago, I was excited about bringing Jason on the podcast. What changed? Now I'm ecstatic. <laughs> no, now you're ecstatic. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm so excited to be here because anything, I've told you this before, anything that involves you is a full body yes for me. So I'm super excited to just rock out and play with you. Your energy is incredible. By the way, am I allowed, am I allowed to curse? I meant to ask you that yeah, before. Curse. Okay, because I was about to say your energy is fucking incredible. So now I know that I'm allowed to do that. That and, sounds better. <laughs> yeah, way, way, way better. Uh, and, and I'm excited to go wherever we go today. Sweet, sweet. So funny enough, I was listening to your book today and your book is right behind you, which even though people won't be able to see it. And I just loved it. It was so, it was so funny. But at the same time, it was like a punch to the gut, some of the stuff you were sharing. So for someone that never has heard you or met you, just tell us a little bit about how you turned into like Jason Goldberg that's here today. Oh, God. How, how much time do you have? Give us um, the version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the super, super condensed podcast version. Uh, yeah, man, it's been, it's been crazy. Like, you know, what I always say is, and this is not essentially true, which just sounds funny to say it, is that I kind of say I, I sucked at life for the first 30 years of it. You know, that's, that's kind of how it felt. It's like I was, I was really successful from a professional standpoint. I had gotten into uh, IT and tech stuff from a very, very early age, like super early, like 13 uh, and was actually getting paid like that young to be doing computer kind of stuff and, and just stuck with IT stuff because it paid me well and it was challenging and, and you know, I'm a geek on the inside uh, and sometimes on the outside. And so I stuck with it and I was able to, you know, make well into six figures in my mid twenties and, you know, director of engineering and operations for a tech firm and all this stuff that all of us have these stories of like, everything looks so great from the outside, but on the inside, I was falling apart. So, <laughs> yeah. well, it sounds cliche, but it's fucking, it's because it's true. It's like, it's, it's how you really feel, like, no matter how many times you hear it. So, so that was kind of, that was kind of my thing was just like being super successful on the outside, you know, having had a great wife that I was married to at the time, we're no longer together, but had a great relationship, uh, had, uh, you know, had the car, had the house, had the, the good paying salary, and uh, had the esteem, had the, you know, the respect in, in my profession. And at the same time was just like, had always dealt with crazy amounts of depression and, mm -hmm. and crazy amounts of stress. I mean, the, the depression stuff started super early in life. Um, I, was, I was raised by a single mother as an only child, single Jewish mother, so she can hear everything we're saying right now. And, uh, and it's, it, it was always really a challenge to be brought up in that environment because she kind of had more of that, you know, kind of victim mentality a lot of times. And, and you know, and, and she's wonderful. I love her to death. She learned it from her parents. You know, it's all these well-meaning people in our lives who try to teach us the way to live and end up really fucking us up royally. Uh, and, and so it was difficult to be in that situation, but that, that's how it started for me. And so, you know, into the time I was, even into my like mid-20s, I would have suicidal thoughts. Like from the time I was a teenager to the time I was mid-20s, I would have suicidal thoughts. I got on antidepressants from the time I was about 14 or 15. Uh, and I was on and off those far into my adulthood. And, uh, and it just, yeah, it was just really, really stressful to be, to be me. And, uh, and then finally, you know, through a lot of different things happening, I, I talk about this in, in the first chapter of Prison Break and kind of what predicated my, my weight loss from, you know, being 330 pounds to losing, you know, over 130 pounds uh, about eight years ago. Uh, that was a big part of it too, just this physical weight that I was carrying around. But losing the physical weight just like was even a bigger mirror for the inner work I hadn't done. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, if I lose the physical weight, life's going to be great. And then it was like, I lost the physical weight, but like anywhere I went, I was still there. Yeah. And so all the stress and all the other forms of weight I was carrying around were still there. So it's really been this exploration of like, what, what's this other type of weight that I'm carrying around and how can I get free of that so I can actually live into the experience of life that I want? Yeah, that's so deep. That's the part when I was listening to your book, because it's funny and it's like, there's all these jokes and you know, then at the end, you're just like, okay, but then there's this other weight you have to lose. And then you talk about healing in your children and you tell people they can do whatever they want on their own time. And I was laughing, <laughs> but I know how real that is. Yeah. And so just because you kind of breezed over this, but you, you spell this out more in your book is like, you were morbidly obese, like morbid, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Three hundred and thirty-two pounds. So I, and I'm, you know, I'm a tall guy. I'm six foot one, but still three thirty-two. That's that's a pretty that's pretty big. Uh, yeah. And and it was you know and it was one of these things where like you know I, I don't know how long I was going to live at that weight. Who knows? I mean, I could you know it could have been one of these things where you lived till fifty, you lived till hundred. Some people smoke all their entire lives and live till they're one hundred and twenty. So you never know. But I wasn't on a good track. And um, and more than anything physical, the funny thing was that I didn't have any what they call comorbidities. Right. So being that big, typically you would also have blood pressure issues or high cholesterol or all this. I had none of that. Like I was actually pretty healthy besides the fact that I was just 50% body fat. But like besides that, I was actually pretty healthy. But it was all these other things. It was like, God, Nicole, the amount of times that I would be ready to leave for work or ready to leave to go out to dinner with my wife or whatever it was. And you would find me on the floor in my closet, balled up crying because I felt so fucking disgusted with myself for how big I was and how none of my clothes fit me and how just like feeling such a sense of worthlessness. And, and that having gone my entire life, like, you know, as a kid, like I always said, I was like a hopeless romantic and being the fat kid, girls aren't really into you. So it's like, I had always had this like worthiness and enoughness stuff, which is great because it actually is what allowed me to develop two things that I think are a core part of who I am and what I do is empathy and comedy right? Like I had to develop those to feel worthy. Like if I make people laugh, I get approval. Let's make people laugh. Like these girls aren't into me sexually or romantically, but when they have a problem with one of my buddies who cheated on them, they come to me for support and I hold space for them. Like, so the stuff that when we look back in our lives, the stuff that we may have used as a crutch at one point can actually serve us going forward. And so now looking back, I'm totally happy that I had those experiences because now I can use that, you know, to to serve other people. And, you know, that's so funny because when I, I didn't, I forget how we even connected originally, but- Craigslist, you bought a couch for me. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I didn't want to do that publicly, but thanks. No. Um, <laughs> so I don't know how we connected, but I didn't know like all of your story. And I never, so I just never knew it. But one thing I have to say about you, whether it's online or like when I see you in person is I always feel totally safe around you because I just don't feel judged. Like you're just an open- like authentic person. I feel like that's one of my biggest struggles in our industries. I feel like I don't belong. So I feel like I, I just don't get that vibe a lot. And I just question a lot of things and, you know, like my radar and all that. But with you, it's like, I, no matter what, I just always feel like Jason is Jason, you know, and even, I don't even know you that well, but it's just my body communicates that to me. So I feel like that gift, those gifts came from you seeing, but the cool thing is like, you've seen life through that to now where you are and like you are speaking at some of the like amazing most like i got declined to go to a fest a couple years ago when i was i'm gonna go one of these days um but now that i actually could go and i'll get approved i'm like when can i actually go (laughs) yeah Yeah, you have to go no but here's the funny thing is like you say that this was like your life right and like you're crawled up in the ball and crying and feeling all the shame and all that but now you get to like live this life and you're like the slim, handsome Jason. Like, how is life now in this other space? Like, what, like, what do you feel like? Like, tell me the difference. Because, you know, it's different. Even me, I, I feel like I've lived two different lives. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like, how, how, like, what that looks like now. and What's that feel like? Oh, man. It's, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you know, and, and I, know, I know with you, I can be, like, super real. So I'm not going to sugarcoat and, and, like, give your listeners bullshit. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of times I forget just how grateful I should be for the life that I have right now. Yeah. Right. Because you get caught up in the minutiae, you get caught up in the bullshit and you get caught up in, or, sorry, I'll own it. I get caught up in the minutiae. I get caught up in the bullshit. I get caught up in the, uh, my preferences not being met on certain things in my life. And I get caught up in all that shit. And then I read something like I read this morning where it was talking about like following your passion and all these different things. And it basically said like, You'll know you're on the right track if you ask yourself the question, if this, if I didn't have any of this and it fell in my lap tomorrow, would I want to keep it? And a thousand percent full body, fuck yes. If I didn't have any of this and it dropped in my lap, I would hold it. I would keep it in a second. So, so for me, so the answer to your question is life is fucking exuberant. Life, life is perfect. Life could not get any better until I forget all of those things because I get caught up in the bullshit. So, so on a regular basis now, 
And this is what I say all the time about transformation. I think it's different when you first start. For me, when I first started going through like being coached and like having all these shifts for myself, it was like these big, like crazy mind explosions of like new, yeah. like, oh my God, I never knew that was possible. You know, you know what this is, this is like. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's huge, these crazy shifts. Yeah. And then after a while, I realized like when you've done this work for a long time, and we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, is that for me, success and, and transformation and feeling like I'm on purpose and, and like, I, like, I'm, like I'm not sucking at life is when the window of time closes between the time I feel totally off and I want to throw it all away and go get a fucking job and, and I'm resentful at this or pissed off at this or upset about this. And the time I get back to this like equanimity of like, oh, wait, fucking life is actually really incredible. Look at what you get to do. Look how you get to, to serve people. Look at the way people present to you. Look at the, the, the love that you get from people, like all that stuff. When I can shorten that window, I can make that window smaller. To me, that's transformation in a big way. Yeah, I love that feeling, that like just idea. Cause yeah, I can can think back to like when I was first starting personal growth, but it's different because then it's all about us. Now as a coach, like as someone that's serving other people, it's about so much more. Yeah. So it has a different vibe, but you know what? I have to be honest, like I don't have the get a job thoughts anymore. I just have like the maybe I should move to like a farm and not talk to people. I think I've probably had those two. I had I had a couple couple times I was gonna go be an exotic dancer, but then I realized they don't quite pay as much to put your clothes back on as they do to take them off. So I, I figured that wouldn't be good for me. <laughs> I'm just joking. You guys may see, like, I'm laughing, like, so much, too, because I'm just deprived of sleep. I was like, <laughs> so, so I'm not that funny, guys, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> wow, you really know how to charm them, Nick. You know how to charm them. Woo! I am throwing my boxers at the screen right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm laughing really hard. I can't start stopping. <laughs> You should publish the video. You really should publish the video on this. It would be way better. <laughs> Maybe you will. Put it, on, put it on YouTube. So this is really funny because I was telling Jason that I woke up at 2.30 in the morning. I was watching my laughing video. I love that you can't stop laughing. This is amazing. <laughs> okay. I wake up at 2.30 in the morning and I'm like, what should I do? Watch a Tony Robbins documentary. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but they put me on this like, okay, what should I do? What should I think about? And I just had the best day. Like I had the best day because bringing us back to the, the thought of um, leaving on the farm and <laughs> getting a job and going to be exotic dancers. So watching that documentary reminded me of like the power that we each hold yeah. of just saying yes. And like the thing is you share in your book, like you went from working at a job to like eating some donuts and hiding and, and like getting so angry at all the little things. And when you talk about prison break and like, even though I'm looking at your, your cover and it's like the one side is a gel, a gel cell out of the eye. And then the other side of the lens is this like open road of like beautiful sky. And like we were just talking about, we can look at life through this way or that way, but the mind is so fucking crazy that it has such a tight grip that like you and I who live both super blessed lives and we're super like talented and do all these things. We were both just sitting here talking about dealing with depression. Mm-hmm. and all these feelings but I think that's so important to talk about because there's people out there I know I look at people and I wonder like do they ever feel that yeah and I know people reach out to me thinking that I don't feel that anymore like that I'm beyond it and so I just honor you for sharing that like with people and being so public and awesome about it well I think it's important because I think and well thank you for that I appreciate that but <clears throat> I think that we're way past the uh I truly believe this we're way past the the generation uh, where people are looking for the sage on the stage, right? People don't want the person who has it all fucking figured out because yeah. the problem with that is that, you know, a lot of people say, like people will introduce me for a talk or something and say, yeah, Jason's a, a motivational speaker or an inspirational speaker. I fucking hate that shit. So I'll go up in there and say, listen, if you guys are motivated, it's absolutely accidental. Like I'm not, that is not the goal of this talk whatsoever, right? Because I want you to be in a place of possibilities, which is very action oriented, right? It's my, my whole message and my whole belief is about being a verb in life and not a noun right? Like in action, right? I I just, I think that's so important. And so the people that don't share this stuff, I I love them because what they're trying to do is they're trying to be inspirational. And the problem with inspirational is that inspirational creates a lot of distance, 
right? So if I look at somebody who I think is inspirational, many times I look at them as being on the top of the mountain, I'm at the bottom of the mountain, and if I can somehow summon up the courage to be as good as them, to climb like they did, then I can be successful like they were. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't like that, I don't like that distance. The opposite of distance for me is intimacy. I wanna create intimacy. So for me, I try my best instead of being inspirational to be aspirational, right? Because aspirational is attainable, right? That's like, oh, this schmuck figured it out? Okay, fuck, I'm good. Like, I can definitely do this. Right? So yeah. that's, that's what I want to share with people is like, listen, this schmuck has figured it out to the extent that he's figured it out, right? Because it's a moment by moment thing. And that's what Prison Break is all about. You don't read Prison Break. And, the, and in the book, there's a distinction, prisoner versus self-leader. You don't become a self-leader and then you're that forever. Um, you're not a prisoner now and forever. It's not a personality disorder. It's not like a vestigial tale that you just are born with and it's what you have going forward. It's a moment by moment choice. So in this moment, as I'm talking to you, Nicole, do I have it all figured out? Absolutely. Five minutes from now, who fucking knows? Yeah, yeah. And that's- But I have the tools, right? But I have the tools and the understanding to say, oh, this is off. I'm having what I call my Britney Spears moment where a thought pops in my head. <laughs> I'm taking it way too seriously. I'm making it way too significant. And I go, oops, I did it again. Like, and, and I realize like, it's, it's just letting me know that something's off and there's some small shift I need to make to get back on track. And let's talk about, that brings us into like one of your other things. When I think of you, I think of like the whole idea of how you always talk about play, right? And I know even for people, I, I coach a lot of new entrepreneurs. So a lot of people that are listening to this, they're in that space of thinking they have to show up and be like, everything has to be perfect. It has to be super pretty, has to be like A++ work and they can't say a curse word. And like, I remember when I thought like even me being spiritual meant that I had to be like all in white, like prancing around on the beach. <laughs> like, you know, and like, I wanted to like play Drake and stuff, you know, so. Thank God, thank God you came to your senses, Nicole. I know, right? So, but the thing is, I, I thought that I had to kill off that side of me to be like the highest version of I, that I could be as a leader. So yes. you bring in this whole idea of play, so just share with that with us, because you just did it with talking about like, you really had these, oops, I did it again moments. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, you have to, right? And, and that's what we, I was talking to this event that we were just talking about that I was at over the weekend. I truly believe that the moment you can ridicule uh, and or laugh at your fears, you're free. There's no work to be done, right? It's like the, the, old, the old Byron Katie story where she, you know, she saw this um, coiled up snake in the desert and she immediately saw her life flash before her eyes and she's going to get bit and she's going to, she's by herself. She's going to get the poison in her. She's going to lay there and she's going to die and nobody's going to find her until her body's rotted and decomposed and all, all these stories going through her head of how her life's about to end. And then as she looks closer, she realizes that it's actually a coiled up piece of rope. And once you see that truth, yeah. And once you see that truth, there's no more work to be done. Yeah. Right. She didn't then say, well, then I need to do some work around my beliefs around rope. It's like, no, it's like, it's yeah. once you see the truth, you're, you're done, right? So that's what I believe. When I talk about play, I don't necessarily mean the action of play. I mean the spirit of play. Right. And a spirit of play is one that's creative. A spirit of play is one that really believes that creativity is greater than circumstance. That there's no circumstance that can live up to the immeasurable amounts of resourcefulness and creativity that we have as human beings. We're the only beings that we know of in the world that have the level of consciousness and creativity that we do. So we can either squander that and completely waste it and, and go down this line of thinking that is extremely interesting and fascinating and, and, and like TMZ worthy, but not fucking helpful. Or, <laughs> right, or we can lean into our creativity and we can ask ourselves, given the conditions of the game that I'm playing right now, what would I love to create? What would be so much fun for me to try to create? Given that all the constraints are a story, given that I don't even have to make it work. Like there's no pressure to make, I don't have to be successful at it. If I literally knew that I had to create 10,000 things over the course of my lifetime, right? And in fact, the first thousand had to be subpar, right? Like maybe it's, it's a legal doctrine that if you are going to be a creator, the first thousand things you create have to be subpar, right? If you really truly believe that, then what would you do? You'd fucking get to work creating the first thousand so you can get it out of the way. Yeah. Right? So you can get to the good stuff. And if yeah. you actually have that mentality when you get into the world and start creating stuff, guarantee you, you are going to strike gold way before you hit a thousand. I love that. You know, and I have to, I'm going to share this just because we're sharing all of our crap and our, our little like horrible little fantasy slash jokes in our heads. And last night when I was watching this, this uh, documentary, watched it like plenty of times. I'm watching it and I was like, 
my my ass really thinks that I should have a date with destiny style event in my first live event sometimes. Like I'm like, why why is my this not that way? Why am I not there? And I'm like, because you haven't been doing it for 30 years yet. <laughs> like, right. right. And it was just like this moment of like, really just shut up. Like, you know, and just wake up a little bit. It's so true. And I think we all, I think I'm so glad you shared that because there, there are countless people, myself included, and I actually have a chapter in the book about this, a chapter in the book called It's Not Your Only Line in the Play, right? Yeah. It's, it's like there, there are two or three chapters that I always go back to for myself. And one of them is the chapter that's called Your Intuition is Drunk. That's probably my favorite chapter. Uh, and, then, and then It's Not Your Only Line in the Play. Yeah. Has your intuition been drunk before? It has, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, you're, that's why I'm like, it's speaking to me because sometimes, and it's also, there's so many complexities to it. You yeah. know, it's like there's so much context and we can press like any button, get to any tunnel or any ending of the story. Like there's so much. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot. Sorry guys, I'm sniffly because I just got done my like sinus infection. I'm, I'm bringing, no, 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 it's because I'm bringing all the shit out. You're crying, it's okay. No, I'm purging on this. It's like just, another layer of purging. <laughs> not running down her face right now. You guys have no idea. She has like raccoon eye makeup. You guys have no idea what's going on right now. Uh, but 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 I but I love what you said because I think that's one of the challenges, especially people that are in entrepreneurs in general, especially entrepreneurs. I mean, at least the ones, the majority of the ones that I work with, are coaches or, or online educators or speakers or whatever. Is that there is, the, and this is not a judgment because I've done it myself as well. There is this sense of entitlement. And it's like, because I'm passionate about it, that means I should be able to skip all the steps. And if you think about actually walking upstairs, right? And, and, and it's fun, like this is another fun thing to do as a plaything, and kids will do this all day, is kids will try to, to skip as many steps as possible as they're climbing the stairs, right? They'll try to like not do every step. They'll try to like, they'll grab the railing and they'll stretch their little legs as far as they can to like try to skip yeah. over. Yeah. And adults will do that too, right? Some adults will like, you know, they do every other step when they go up and that's fine. By having access to certain things like coaches or like courses or seminars or books or, you know, your own intuition, tapping into that, whatever that looks like, there are some steps that you can skip. But nobody walking up an actual flight of stairs can, step, can skip nine or 10 steps yeah. or four or five steps or even three or four steps. Two steps, definitely. Three steps if you have really long legs, but at some point you're gonna have to just do the work. Yeah. And it's the sense of entitlement and that we think it should be happening faster than it is that I think derails people more than anything else in the world. Yeah. I think it's also not even an entitled, like it's in a, like this illusion that it doesn't take that long to get there. Like you just forget all of the work that it takes to do that. And um, so it was just such a moment for me. Not that I really think that my event was supposed to be like that, but like you have, I have these little things that I get, I'm really harsh on myself. Yeah. In, in those moments so it was just it was just funny like I was just laughing at myself like really <laughs> like you got like 28 more years to go get it together <laughs> well, and, and, and I, lo I love what you said there too because that that self-imposed pressure I will so can I can I tell you really quickly the best coaching that I ever got in my entire life yeah it's the greatest thing ever 10 words 10 words that was it that's all my coach said so I've been coaching with Steve Chandler now for I don't know, four or five years and I'll, I'll coach with him till the day he dies and he's going to outlive me. He's going to be like 300 years old and still killing it, but whatever. He's 72 now and he's just crushing yeah. it. So, um, so I emailed him one day, this long at just long loopy letter, like Steve, I'm so stressed out. I don't know about this. And like, I want to invest in this, but what if it doesn't pay off and I lose this money? And then I don't know about this thing. I just like this long thing where I was just like, yeah just really laying it out there. All the stuff I was, so, yeah, I was falling a fucking part. I was falling a thousand percent. And he writes back to me and he says, God, I love him and I hate him for this. He wrote back to me and his email to me was, so much compassion for what you're putting yourself through. <laughs> and that literally, that literally immediately, like Nicole, I'm not even fucking with you. Like, damn. Immediately I was like, Fuck you and I'm free. Yeah. Because when I realized that, like when I, and, and, and that's actually gotten into now where I've, I've made this exercise for myself where I know that like the people that we love, and I don't know if you've ever done this before, but like for me, like I know there were certain times in my life where I was probably an asshole kid to my mom, right? Yeah. And so there were times where I went to her to apologize and I said, mom, I'm really sorry that I put you through that, right? Whatever that was, I'm really sorry I put you through that. I never had fucking one time said that to myself. Yeah. 
And now it's become a practice. When I'm getting in that place where I'm feeling that energy like I did when I wrote that letter to my, my coach, I will look at myself in the mirror and say, Jason, I am sorry I put you through that. Yeah, I And love immediately that. I start to feel the freedom. I start to feel that compassion, that acceptance, and it starts to just fade, fade away on its own. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's, it's just when you have someone to mirror you in that way and just pull you from that little chaotic crap that you have yourself in, it's like, because we really don't need to process and talk about it. <laughs> it's like we, right. we just need to like transcend and get out of that. <laughs> yep. So that's so powerful. Going back to something you said earlier, just so people understand this, like the play thing is so important because it's really, like you said, it's a spirit, but it's like this lightness, this expansive energy that like no matter what you're going through, it's like I feel like you're the best person to be in crisis with <laughs> because, you know. It happened over the weekend. I was hanging out with somebody who got, yeah, I was hanging out with somebody who got bit by a dog. On <laughs> I just like jumped in and, and took control of the situation. Everything was light. It was fine. Yeah. So yeah. it's like that is, it just changes everything. Um, and I thought like, even like with people that are doing work on law of attraction or manifesta- manifesting or state of being, which is everything. Yeah. It's being in that playful space of let's not take this so seriously changes everything. So you just went through having, um, you know, surgery, you're healing. How are you taking that into your now life? with everything that you have going on because you're busy and you speaking all over the place and doing all these things. Like what's your go-to like when you start finding yourself in that space? I know you just shared one of them, but yeah, no, that's, it's the, the number one thing that is the most powerful for me. And it's, it's in line with what we just talked about there was, and this is all. So, so this is great because again, like kind of the alternate definition for me of play uh, uh, is this whole spirit of play. It's playing with, our interpretations. It's playing with our explanations. It's playing with the uh, the conditioning of of the meaning of things as they're happening and what we believe that they are. So it's 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 playing. It's almost like it's more like freestyle or improv. You know, it's like yes ending to the universe. Because sometimes, I, like, there are times where I am the shittiest scene partner in the world uh, w- when it comes to improving with the universe. The universe says here, and I go no. And they're like, no, 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 it's improv. You're supposed to say yes and. And I go, no, no, I, no, universe, no. I, no, I, no. I'm not playing that. Like, you suck. You're no fun to improv with. So, so this is where, like, as things come up, I'm like, I'm feeling this. Like, this, this feels really heavy. And I go into yes and mode. And for me, yes and mode is, is a matter of saying, can I allow this thought to be, right? Can I allow this situation, this stress, this whatever to be without it being a nuisance, mm-hmm. right? Can I let it be without it having any relevance, right? Like irrelevant is one of my favorite words because when I'm, when I'm trying to be in creation mode or I'm doing things and this other stuff pops up, these fears or this concern or this worry or whatever, it can be there and I can also let it know that it's irrelevant. I don't need it to leave. I don't need it to go away. I don't need to process it. It can stay put. It can sit right next to me, but it's just irrelevant. I don't have time to, to entertain it and feed it and nourish it. So yeah. I think that's a big thing in personal growth is a lot of people say, well, once I heal this part of me, then I'll put myself out there in the world. Yeah. And even Pressfield talks about this. I think it's in, it's in War of Art, um, where like sports players are the best metaphor for this. If they waited till they were fully healed to get back on the field, they would play half the season, yeah. right? Like you heal through doing the work. You don't wait until you're healed. So for me, that's how I play with that is I say, oh man, this thing is coming up. Like this thing is definitely here. I'm feeling this thing. And the extent to which I spend and waste my energy trying to fix it, as opposed to letting it be and me just continuing to live my life in a purposeful aligned way is going to dictate how happy I am in my life in general. Yeah. And you know what, um, with that whole idea, it just like really speaks to me when I think of people that I kind of have a soft spot for, like, I guess more of like a, I want to shake you to wake you up spot for <laughs> like or spiritual entrepreneurs that are really here to do really great things but they just feel like they're too much in the processing like they they're either like oh my god but this is this way and i have to feel it all and i have to be with all of it it's like no sometimes you just have to like just show up and and show up and share and i also was watching this documentary called the work have you watched that no it's such a powerful profound it's a brief little thing is it's it's men in prison and men from the outside can go into Folsom prison and they do this four day workshop. And it's all about like just being vulnerable. Mm. And 
the thing that was there is I was watching these men that are in jail for like murder who like can hold space more than like a lot of the coaches that I know. Mm -hmm. And they just knew how to go into this place and this deep place of just like processing, getting through it and moving on. But Mm -hmm. my point of this is that if they were all sitting around, they can't perfectly heal. They're in prison. Shit Mm -hmm. is not perfect. It's messy. It's chaotic. They have all their past, but they learn to like go into the pain and be with it. And then also look somewhere else. Yeah. So anyway, it was one of the most powerful things that I've watched and I was crying. I had to do my own process after watching it. It's called the work. Yeah. It's called the work. It's funny because Byron Katie has gone into prisons to do the work. Yeah. So I was wondering if it was about that. And I actually, I worked, I went to a prison and did a a week. Yeah. It was last year. And cause you know, writing the book prison break, I thought it was only right that at some point I actually go into a prison and, uh, and it it was, yeah. And those, God, those men were like, they were amazing, man. This is like, this was in uh, Pelican Bay, uh, Supermax State Prison in Northern California, one of the top 15 most dangerous prisons in the country. And this is the place where like, if you kill somebody in another prison, you're sent to Pelican Bay, right? So this is like, you know, the quote, worst of the worst. And, uh, and what I experienced there from, you know, men who were all complete face tattooed or, or had, you know, had, had, had been convicted of murder or whatever it is they did was they really had never been seen and had never had anybody really give a shit about them. Um, And I think once they were exposed to that and they were able to also reflect it back to us, I can't tell you how many people I like cradled, like these just gigantic men that I'm cradling in my arms as they're crying. And five minutes later, they're hugging me because I'm crying. Like like just the way that that works together and the way that like we are all so much more alike than we are different. uh, That was a really, really beautiful experience. And the company I did it with is a company called Defy Ventures, D-E-F-Y Ventures. They do stuff all over the country, I believe. So if anybody wants to check them out, it's it's a really amazing experience. Wow. You know, what's funny is I love these experiences and I watched that documentary, but you know, Chanel's that my daughter's father is in jail yeah. for murder. And mm-hmm. I don't totally feel like that about him yet. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's my own interesting work of what that brought up for me watching that because I'm watching these guys that are in jail for murder. And I'm like, this guy should be out. <laughs> like this guy mm-hmm. is like such a great space holder. Like, look at how he's handling this. But I guess it's also being able to witness them in that space and doing it. So I just yeah. brought that up just because you just said that you did that. So it's yeah. interesting. Um, but I think you should watch that documentary because I think that you'll like it. But I also think just like watching these men who haven't felt safe um, sharing their emotions. And I didn't know that I forgot. I remember seeing you online doing that, but um, that just makes it, it just, it's so transformational. I'm actually bringing positive change uh, founder. I don't know if you know them. No dogs into, they save dogs from rescues in California, like dogs on death row and they take them into rehab inmates. So I love them because I love dogs. And I also love that they're bringing dogs in to help people. So anyway, I'm bringing them on the show because I just love that foundation. That's awesome. It's like two of my favorite things, uh, prison and dogs. It's like, you know, add some stuff in the mix. We're all good. So we talk about all this stuff and all this deep stuff and heavy stuff. But see, then it's like the play and the silliness and all that is what brings it back into harmony. Um, What are some things in your like day-to-day life, morning rituals or like daily musts that allow you to have harmony dealing with all the other stuff mm. that we talked about. Like, what is that? The harmonizing? Yeah. I go back and forth on morning routines because I just, um, sometimes I feel like they're really great. And sometimes I feel like they're too constrictive for me. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of go back and forth. And, and so right now I don't have a quote morning routine. Um, I, I just know, and this is a really important part. And I know it's kind of cliche now, like, you know, your core values and blah, blah, blah. Like, again, you know, the reason stuff is cliche is because it typically stands the test of time, right? There's, there's a reason for it. So, so there's something about knowing, and I don't even know if I call it a core value. We're actually just talking about this as a team the other day about repositioning certain things we do. And, and I think it's more of a core state of being that I know I'm at my greatest when I'm in this core state of being. And so I have one word that tends to guide me and anytime I can step into this, because I don't want to require the world to bring me this state of being, I want it to be something I come, a place I come from, not something I try to get to, is the word enthusiasm. Enthusiasm yeah. is my word. Like when I, can, when I can step into enthusiasm, everything else works. Yeah. Right? It's like my core, my core state of being. So every day I'm looking for ways to be in a place of enthusiasm. For me, I know that teaching right? Like, you know, being on Facebook live or doing whatever, being on stage teaching is where I feel 
super connected to the point where like I literally will be I, so I, I have in my Facebook group, I go live three days a week and I do like a 20 minutes to sometimes an hour long Facebook live. And there are so many times right before I go live where I'm like, I can't do it. I need like, I need just like a 20 minute nap. And I've got, I've been on calls this morning and I'm like, and then it's, you know, and, and what they've come to expect from me is high energy. And this is how I am naturally when I'm energized and when I'm doing yeah. things that are on purpose. But when I'm not, I'm also a human. And sometimes I'm, I'm lower energy and I'm not, you know, a spastic. <laughs> you can't be like, perform. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. It's like, dance, monkey, dance. So, uh, so I will literally be like, literally rubbing my head. I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to do it today. I'm just going to skip today. And then I'm like, no, nope. You're way too obsessed with integrity. It won't let you not do it. And so I'm like, all right, fine. I'm just going to do it. And literally 30 seconds into the Facebook Live, I'm like, where did all this energy come from? Like, where did, where did all this come? Like, I feel so energized. And so it's really like knowing what brings me enthusiasm. Rap music brings me fucking enthusiasm. Really dope, like R&B and soul music on my Spotify playlist makes me feel like a sexy mofo who's enthusiastic about life. <laughs> I will tap into that shit as well. Like, those things are the things that, they're not deep. They don't involve two hours of journaling. They don't involve <laughs> having a cacao ceremony or, or making chai with, you know, ghee. It, it just doesn't yeah. happen. <laughs> that's all fine if you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all, I, I do. Have, I have my bulletproof coffee in the morning. That is true. That's part of my routine. Um, but when I just a lot like, of resources to get to that space, that's yeah, awesome. and yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's and again, this is not a judgment thing for anybody. Like whatever your morning routine is, like I don't do right or wrong in my world. I do effective versus ineffective. I think so, we should make it a little bit more judgmental. And here's why. <laughs> no, like for for just like for like higher purposes here because we really don't need all those things, right? Yeah, they're a good distraction. They're like, a really good distraction. We don't need them. I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have them, but I don't want it to be a reason for people not to show up. So I like that you brought that up and you said that. <laughs> <laughs> you can blame it on me. It's my yeah. fault, I said it. Yeah, so. But I think, it's, I think it's great though. I think like knowing, so a dear friend of mine, do you know Sean Stevenson, the speaker? Yeah, yeah, the, I, do. I saw the him. Three, the three foot giant. Yeah. 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 He's awesome. Yeah. He's inspiring. Yeah. He's great. He's awesome. So, uh, so I did a Facebook live with him last fr Friday before last, cause he was in town. He came into Santa Monica. Uh, and, uh, and he has this thing that he does and you can look it up uh, online or if you want to find it and put it in the show notes, he has a video called, um, his when life works list. Hmm. And so for him, the when life works list is like a list of like 15 or 20 things. And he knows when he does those life just works. And so what he tries to do, or, or not tries, what he does on a daily basis is make sure that he picks even three or four of those and is doing them on a daily basis. And when he does, his life works. And these are not major things. Like for me, my when life works list is to be clean shaven. Like literally, when I've shaved my face, life works better. It's like to have a fresh haircut. When I have a fresh fade, your boy's just popping fresh and clean and life just works well, you know? <laughs> so it's like, find what those little things are. And even if they're not a part of like a bigger routine, just find those things and make sure you're doing them every day. I love that. I love that. So I, I too feel like morning routines are like, feel so rigid and I'm like, I want to be free. Yeah. But at the same time, when I'm feeling like down, I have to go into this, like I go extreme into discipline because it does like do something to me. Yeah. But you're right. Simple things of just feeling good, like having for women would be more like getting a manicure, getting your eyebrows done, whatever. You're like, I feel fresh. I feel like I should show up. <laughs> like, totally. You know? Totally. What would be number one advice for someone that's just starting their business and they feel like they don't have the resources or they don't know if they can do it? I don't know. Like just for somebody starting out, like first thing that comes, gut instinct here. Gut instinct is get rid of your self-importance because it's not fucking about you. So I don't have the resources. I don't have this. I don't know how to do this. Meanwhile, all these people in the world that you could be helping by even 1% are standing there flailing in the wind. And, and, and a, a dear friend of mine who I think you know as well. Do you know Michael Neal? No. Okay. So Michael Neal is a coach. He's been around for 30 years now. And he has this thing called the lamppost metaphor, right? And the lamppost metaphor essentially is if people in their everyday lives on their way home from work, would stop off on the side of the street, find a lamppost and talk to it about all of its biggest problems for an hour, their life would get better. So all you have to do, person starting a business from scratch, is be better than a lamppost. Yeah. That's it. Not, not that, and here's the thing, I think, I even get caught up in this, and this is what I'm saying, like there's new layers to getting caught up in the bullshit. Like there's it's like yeah. endless layers of bullshit. Um, 
but it's like, that's one thing that I was so good at when I started my business and it got me going. And then somehow when I started having success and then I started talking to people about book deals and all, and they're like, you don't have enough followers. You don't have this. And then I was like, wait, <laughs> maybe I didn't care about these things more. And then now, now I'm like becoming more like naked to that again, where I'm like, no, fuck this. Like just show up for your people. That's all you need to show up for. And like everything else, like grace works out everything else that needs to work out. It does. It does. But I, I think it, for, for me, at least, I know that when I'm not doing as good of work or I'm not getting as good of results in my business to, uh, monetarily, let's say, yeah. it's because I've shifted back into ego and out of service. Yeah. So, so, I, so I do have like a list of affirmations that I keep on my, like on my phone. And, and when I'm in morning routine mode, I'll read through all of them. And there's like 25 of them. And I, I know a lot of them by heart. Uh, and, and I think it's a great thing to do. And so it's all this, they're all I am statements. I am that like, you know, I, I, I am never overwhelmed or under a time crunch because I control my relationship to time. I am waking up feeling refreshed and on purpose every single day. Like the, all these I am statements. Yeah. And then the last one is, I am doing my best to release myself from self-importance. Yeah. Right. So it's like all these I am things. And at the end, it's like, fuck all the I am's. Just go serve somebody. It's, that is like, it's such a simplifier and it just brings us back to, cause like, that's what really feels good in business. Like that's what, that's what we do. That's how I was crying watching the damn Tony Robbins documentary. <laughs> I was like thinking of like how my life was changed by those events, how people reach out to me. Like, I know people are reaching out to you and it's like, we're so powerful just in that. Yeah. Regardless of our followers, regardless of who gets noticed by who it's like, that is like no joke, especially when there's so many people out there suffering and people that really don't even realize the possibilities. So yeah. And, yeah, well, you know what's even more powerful? And this is something I love about you. I, I love a lot about you. But this is one thing that I really, and I, I don't remember now, if you, I think you said this during the interview about your, your reflection of me and, and how I show up and all those things. Yeah. And I, I want to say the exact same thing about you because the number one thing I think that separates uh, people in, in, this, in, in, in this industry, in this business, personal growth or professional development or, or whatever it is, uh, self-help, whatever you want to call it, I, I say that all of us are in the PR business, Right. And when I say we're in the PR business, what I mean by that is PR stands for permission and reminders, right? That's all we're here to do. And there is such power, regardless of your background, if you don't think you're smart enough, you don't have enough experience, you're not educated enough, you don't have a big budget, you don't have a team, you know, all these limitations that you think you don't have, you showing up fully in your power, owning authentically who you are and being fully self-expressed, it's not about you at all. It gives other people permission to say, fuck, it's aspirational, right? Back to aspirational. Yeah. Fuck, it's, it is safe to be self-expressed because this person's doing it. I now have a role model and an example of somebody who shows up fully self-expressed and she's okay. And she's yeah. successful and she's accepted by the people she's accepted by and she's not accepted by the people she's not accepted by and that's all fucking fine. Yeah. And you do that so masterfully, Nicole. You are so like, I, I say the same thing about you. You online and offline are the exact same person. And, yeah. and I think that's one of the reasons you've been so successful is that people look at you and they go, that's possible for me. Like yeah. she's shown me an example of what it looks like to be fully self-expressed. So I, I commend you for that. And, and I'm super inspired by it. Thank you. I just didn't want to scare people at air one if they ran into me like in the morning. <laughs> I don't want them to be shocked and mad at me. So I just want them to see like, I'm probably not wearing makeup and I'm probably wearing a t-shirt. I'm probably just going to stay these kind of off the like, <laughs> kind of things <laughs> it's just who I am um but you know this is also like I think I shared this in this podcast that Jason is going to be sharing some of his magic that is like it's going to be so fun and he has a surprise which I'll call it a surprise <laughs> it's a surprise me but no we're, we're going to be bringing Jason to day two of Harmonious Hustle but for anyone that's thinking about coming to this event it's it's an event I feel like is unlike any other event. And that's why I had to ask people like, are people really ready for Kundalini meets Drake? Like, are people ready to play in both sides for one experience? Can you like dip into one and then t like turn into the other? Cause it's going to be like super like, you know, hand holding and eye contact and all that good stuff on day one. And then day two, it's going to be like, you know, maybe the little money guns. I don't know. We're going to be acting up. <laughs> I'm totally down for that. Yeah, like we're gonna be like really put behind both of those things, and I felt like I had to like kill off Nikki, which was the one who liked to like rat like 
all the rap music and you know my my alter egos are bh balls which we're going to talk about at the event um but i thought that she had to die in order for me to be the successful like newer enlightened version of myself yep so i can't wait to bring you in to talk about all that good stuff um so just tell us if there's anything, I don't know if you have any good freebies right now besides your book, which I highly recommend, especially the Audible. I think it's just funny because you're, you're funny as a narrator. And I was listening to you because I'm thinking of me narrating my book. And I was like, oh, he's good. Like, this is funny. <laughs> like, it's true. Like, you were doing somebody's voice like the, the customer service person. <laughs> you were like... <laughs> Wait till you get to the about the author section. Skip the rest of the book. Just go listen to the about the author section. It'll change your life. Just, just yeah. go do that. I think you'll love it. Um, I'll actually give you, I'll give you a, a, a private link, Nick, that you can share with your listeners so they can get a free copy of Prison Break. And that way they can get the, the PDF version, the audio version, or if they're in the States, I'll send them a paperback version if they just pay shipping and handling. Uh, I'll send them one so they can have that. So I'll send that to you. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, you, I, I hang out on Facebook a lot. Facebook's kind of where I'm at. Instagram also, it's always at the Jason Goldberg. I wanted to be as pretentious as possible. So instead of just Jason Goldberg, it's the Jason Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I'm hanging out there and uh, yeah, yeah, come, come check me out. So is that where your Facebook group is? The one that you do your videos and you give yourself a pep talk before you go? <laughs> yes, yes. Not everybody that comes to the group from this that, oh, he's super excited now, but he was fucking ready to go to sleep three minutes ago. So, yeah, you yeah. know what goes into these videos now. You better watch. Yes, um, exactly. Yes. Before we go, what's that note behind your head say? Oh, oh so yeah, like so it's, it's hidden on purpose so that when I'm on podcast interviews, they can't see it. It's for me, but, but I'll show you the top, one says, <laughs> the top one says, how could this be the funnest thing I could possibly do? And the second one says, as a reminder for myself, I fucking love this shit. So when I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I gotta, I gotta do this thing or I gotta invoice this client or I gotta have this meeting. It's like, oh, I forgot. I fucking love this shit. And there's yeah. the sign. I like your good vibes only sign because I have one too. Did you get that on Abbott Kinney? <laughs> nice. I, it, was, no, it was a gift for my birthday, but it probably is from Abbott Kinney. I love that. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got mine on Abbott Kinney. So Let's anyway, go. love you so much. Thank you so much Thank for sharing you. this with me. Thanks for dealing with all my laughing and, um, you know, all my crazy, all my crazy energy today. People are going to be listening to this, like, driving around, like, what the hell's going on on this but you know what? Laugh, this is like laughter yoga. It's like a laughter podcast. Just laugh along with us and um, laugh at how ridiculous you can be and, you know, have some fun. So, guys, Absolutely. thank you, Jason. Thank you. Love you, Nick. And there you have it, my friends. I want to know, what's your favorite takeaway from today's show? I love when you share your highlights from the show. Be sure to tag me when you share so I can give you a proper shout out. If you haven't already, subscribe. And while you're there, rate and review because your feedback, it really means the world to me. Until next time, remember to harmonize your hustle.